Can we welcome uh, the different campuses this morning? Um, we got Durban Christian Center Phoenix and Durban Christian Center Hillcrest right now. Come on, family. Let's put our hands together and welcome the different campuses. Praise God. I know that in Hillcrest, there's no power there right now, uh, but we have a generator that's on, and so uh, praise God, they're able to see us and able to hear us. Come on, one more time, let's put our hands together. Pastor Mervyn, Pastor Wayne, all of the leadership, all of the people there, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have your Bibles to, uh, this morning, would you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. We're going to begin reading from verse 8. There's quite a bit that I want to read this morning, uh, but just um, stay with me. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And um, if you want, uh, you can hashtag, get this hashtag ready. We're going to hashtag always forward. The words always forward. All right, so you might want to take a picture just now. Use the screenshot or whatever it is, um, and, and, but just have hashtag always forward if you're going to post on social media, all right? The title of, of my message this morning is keep moving, hashtag always forward. But let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to, and he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered and said, I, I dwell among my own people. So he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. And so he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then Elisha said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And so he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. And then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. 
Then she settled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you for your word. Even as your word is life, and you said that your word would not return unto us void. But I thank you today. Let your word prosper in every heart. Let your word prosper in every mind, in every family, in every single person here today. Father, I thank you that you said even faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so today, I thank you, Lord, that you would cause faith to rise of the hearts of men and women in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Praise God. Interesting story here this morning because we're talking about Elisha, the prophet, and he was at a place called Shunem, and that place really means a place of double resting. But it's interesting because the Bible says that this woman that persuaded him to have some food, that she was a notable woman. That's what the Bible says. The Amplified Version says that she was a rich and influential woman. The King James Version says that she was a great woman. The NIV says that she was a well-to-do woman. The New Living Translation says she was a wealthy woman. But we also know as we read the story that she was also a very kind woman. But I want to ask this morning, what was it that made this woman great? Was it her riches? Was it her fame? Was it her wealth? Was it the, the fact that she was well-connected? I believe that what made this woman a great woman, a notable woman, was that she had discovered the ability of not allowing her surroundings to dictate to her where her real source of power and greatness came from. That even though she was a wealthy and well-to-do woman, which meant that she was busy. Bump your neighbor and, and, and say, this woman was busy. That even though she was wealthy and well-to-do, which meant that she was busy and she had a lot of responsibilities and duties, she knew what her priorities were. She knew about the kingdom. She knew about everything pertaining to the kingdom. And she had the ability to reach out to a world that needed her. She had the ability to recognize that this was a man of God and that this was a God-given opportunity to create an atmosphere for God's presence to come in her life. Can you say amen? amen? The Bible says that because of this notable woman and her kindness that she goes out of her way to do something for this man, something that would create an opportunity for her to be able to access his presence. It wasn't a big deal for this woman, but it was something nonetheless that would ensure an ongoing atmosphere for the presence of God. Hallelujah. It was something small that produced a consistent ongoing relationship with God and His presence. Can you say amen? 
Bump your neighbor and tell them the presence of God is important. Come on. We've got to know how to access the presence. It's not just about coming to church on a Sunday. It's when things are going bad out there. Do you have the ability to know how to access the presence? When people are speaking out against you, do you have the ability to recognize and know how to access? Anybody can access the presence when we're all together and we're all smiling at one another and we're all patting each other on the back. But when you're out there on your own, and all hell has broken loose round about you, do you know how to access the presence of God? Hallelujah. She recognized the importance of attaching her house to the house of God. That's why I tell people, man, you've got to attach your house to the house of God. I'm a local church people and believe in the local church and being planted in the local church. That's who I am. That's, who I, that's how I was raised up. But this woman, even though she was notable, wealthy, and rich, she realized where her source come. And what she did, what she did was actually noticed by Elisha. Because the one day when he comes in there in verse 13... He tells Gehazi, go and tell her, say, say to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. In the Amplified, it says, you have been painstakingly and reverently concerned for us. What is to be done for you? The New Living Translation says, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. The NIV says, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Can you say Amen. See, this woman had gone to all the trouble of building. She was building an atmosphere for God's presence. She was building an atmosphere for God to work in her life. Hallelujah. She was building an awareness for God. She was building a hunger for God. Come on, hear me this morning, family. May we never become satisfied with what we have in God. Can I get a bigger amen in this place? Some of you have been saved for a long, 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 long time. And it's very easy to just slip into a place of the same old, same old, same old, same old. We have to ongoingly, all the time, we have to create an, 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 an opportunity, develop a hunger, keep that hunger going. Never get satisfied with where you are in God. Can I be honest? Some of us have stopped hungering for God. Some of us has, have stopped building an atmosphere to encounter God. Come on, bump your neighbor and tell them, never stop building an atmosphere for God's presence. Come on, never, never, ever get into that place where you think you've reached it in God. We can never get it. I pray to God that there would be a holy dissatisfaction that would grip every heart here today. I pray to God that, that whatever structure you have would be shaken today. I know that that might not come across so well with you, but I'm praying that there would be no religious person in this place. God deliver us from the spirit of religiosity where we come in a church on Sunday and all we're concerned about is our seat. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And we are missing out on the most important person who is Jesus. We're missing out on the most important part is am I encountering this living God? Can you say amen? amen. And Elisha says to her, because of her willingness to create, because of her willingness 
to make room for the presence because of our willingness to create an opportunity for God to come. Hallelujah. Listen, God will not come if you don't invite him. If you're not inviting, God will not come. You have to be inviting to God. There are some times when you just have to separate yourself from all the nonsense, separate yourself from people, and you have to create an invite for God to come. There in Phoenix, you have to create an invite for God to come. There in Hillcrest, you have to create an invite for God to come. Hallelujah. And this woman had the ability to create an invite for the presence of God. Was she in a dilemma? Was she facing a trouble? Not yet. See, but when the trouble came, she was already prepared. Why? Because she knew how to create an invite for the presence of God. Don't wait for a situation to happen before you become desperate for God. Don't wait for somebody to die before you make an attempt to, to hunger and thirst and come back to God. For goodness sake, don't wait for that bad thing to Don't wait for a crisis to develop. Can I get an amen in this place? Do not wait for a crisis to happen before you catch a wake-up, before you smell that the coffee is cold. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this place? This woman was intentional about her, her involvement with God. Hallelujah. And you and I, if we want to achieve anything in this life, we have to be intentional and purposed when it comes to the king, the word as well. We have to be intentional about this word. This word is not just going to fall out of heaven and fall into your heart. You have to be intentional about getting up. You have to be intentional about opening it up. You have to be intentional about putting on your glasses. And reading this word. Yeah. You know, if you, if you can't see without glasses, what's the point of looking at a book? Put your glasses on and read the word. Be intentional. Hallelujah. Be intentional about the kingdom. Be intentional about who you are influencing and touching. Hallelujah. Be an intentional. Be intentional about working your faith. Bump your neighbor and tell them, be intentional about working your faith. Why am I saying that? Because your faith is rewarded. Your faithfulness will be rewarded. Your consistency will be rewarded. If you keep on pressing and pressing in and pressing in and pressing in, that pressing in attitude is going to be rewarded. Jesus one time said in Luke 16, 16, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. The word of God has been preached here Sunday after Sunday. And everybody ought to be pressing into that word and squeezing all they can out of that word to carry them through Monday, through the Saturday, until they come back here again the next Sunday. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and tell them that you better press in. Bump your neighbor and tell them you better work your faith. Galatians 6 and 9 tells us, Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. Hallelujah. I want to encourage hearts here today. People that might have lost hearts, people that might have grown weary, I don't know. But my prayer is that you will not grow weary. 
This was a notable woman, a rich woman, and wealthy as she was. And the Bible says, though, that she had a need. What was the need? She had no child, and her husband was old. And so what does Elijah say? He says, call her. And when he had called her, verse 15, she stood in the doorway. Where did she stand? In the doorway. The doorway is significant and symbolizes a threshold. It's a place of transition. Hallelujah. It's a place of transition. Come on. It's a place of transition. I'm believing that some of you today are going to have a doorway in which you are standing. That this is going to be a place of transition for you. Jesus spoke to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3 and 8. He said, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. I feel like prophesying over you today that there is an open door that nobody can shut. Hallelujah. Now that word can just come and it can fall to the ground or you can take that word and bury it deep in your heart and say, God, I'm going to take that word for me. If you're waiting for the government to open a door for you, you're going to wait a long time. If you're waiting for your boss to open a door for you, my friend, you're going to wait a, a long time. Nobody is going to do anything for you. I said nobody is going to do anything for you. You have got to take the word of the Lord and you have got to decide that this word is going to work for me and this is a word for me now. I'm going to take that word and I'm going to work my faith. I'm going to bury that word deep in my heart. I'm going to ponder on that word. I'm going to meditate on that word. That word might not mean anything to you, but I can promise you that when you take that word and you meditate on that word and you ponder on that word and you stay on that word and you allow that word to be internalized on the inside of you, that that word will become a reality in your life. Can I get an amen in this place? So Jesus spoke to the church in Philadelphia and said, I've set before you, I have set before you an open door. If you're looking for the economy to open a door for you, it's not going to open a door. In fact, there are businesses that are shutting down. Doors are actually closing. I said doors in the natural are actually closing. We're going to have to look to a higher source, a higher power. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. And then in Revelation 4 and 1, this is John on the Isle of Patmos. Verse 1 says, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Hallelujah. Whatever you open in heaven will be opened on this earth. Let me say that again. Whatever you open in heaven will be opened on this earth. Whatever revelation comes from God, from heaven into your heart, will be made manifest in the natural. You cannot have manifested in the natural if it hasn't opened to you in heaven, if it hasn't opened to you in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. If you have not seen it with the eyes of your faith, you're never going to see it with your natural eyes. If you have never heard it with your spiritual ears, you're never going to hear it with your natural ears. 
If it has never been internalized in your spirit, man, so that you know 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 beyond a shadow of a doubt, this promise is for me. It will never become a, a, a known in the natural. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. We're moving forward from one place to another. That's why this theme for this year is forward 2018. Hallelujah. We're moving forward from one place to another place. Which means I'm stepping over. I'm going to have to step over some things. I'm going to have to step over my limitations. I'm going to have to step over a threshold and move from one place to another place. I'm going to move from lack to plenty. I'm going to move from fear to a Holy Ghost boldness. I'm going to move from limitation to where there is no limitation. I'm going to move from where I cannot do this thing to where I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is what a doorway represents. Hallelujah. And I, I want to prophesy that you are standing in a doorway today. The choice about you going from one place to another rests solely with you. It's got nothing to do with a pastor coming to visit you, having all the pastors do a big something at your house. It's got to do with you, my friend. It's got to, you, to do with you about being intentional. Is this word for me? What am I doing with this word? Am I working this word in my heart? Am I vocalizing this word? Hallelujah. Moving from one place to another place. Moving forward means you are, have to be willing to let go of the past in order that you can embrace the new. There are some things in the past that you have to let go of. There are some things that you have become, we have become too comfortable with that is not furthering our walk with God that we're going to have to let go of. Hello? Anybody in this place? Hallelujah. How many of you can see that the world is fast changing? Things are changing in this world, man. The way we used to do things has changed. I mean, all you got to do is just look at the World Cup 2018. All the countries that we thought were like the big deal are not even featuring. In fact, Italy is not even in the World Cup. Holland is not. I mean, what? Holland? Wait, how did that happen? Italy, my country, they're, they're not in the World Cup. The countries that you could bet all your money on and win are nowhere to be featured. The countries that used to be insignificant and, ir and irrelevant are all the countries that are coming to the party. I mean, who would have thought Croatia? Croatia is looking pretty cool right now. I mean, they're looking pretty good. That's just my three cents worth of, uh, of World Cup soccer. But the point I'm trying to say is the world is fast changing. And we have to change. Our mentalities have to change. We have to let go of the old and embrace the new. Hallelujah. You have to recognize that you can't do business as you used to do. What worked way back then is not going to work now. And God opens some doors, and then he closes other doors. Notice what happened. She stands in the doorway and has the word of the Lord prophesied over her life. Like I'm prophesying that word over you today. 
You might not be standing in a physical doorway, but there's a spiritual doorway that you can be positioned in. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord, if it's quickened to your spirit, is a prophetic word. How are doorways created? When you have the ability to transition from one realm to another realm, from one set of circumstances to another. My friends, I want to tell you, you can never get away from the word of God. I don't care how many pastors have, you have praying for you. I don't care if they have got PhDs and revelation that makes your ears turn inside out. I don't care if they are bishops, archbishops, and whatever else, chief bishops, chief apostles, whatever title you want to give them. There's nothing like when you grab a hold of this book and you grab a hold of the Word of God and the Word becomes life and carries the Spirit of God and that Word is internalized on the inside of you and you vocalize your faith. You create an opportunity. And then what's important is you've got to seize that opportunity. The Bible tells us that there are even angels that open doors for us. Hallelujah. How many of you still believe in the ministry of angels? I believe in angels. Acts 5 and 19, when Peter was in prison, the church was busy praying for him. And in the middle of the night, the Bible says, Acts 5 and 19, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. There are some angels that are opening doors for you that your eyes have not seen yet. Hallelujah. Some of you need to loose the ministry of angels. Come on, angels, open some doors for me. Hallelujah. Come on, angels, there are some doors that you need to shut, but there are some doors that you need to open. And when you open that door, I can move from one place to another place, and I can move forward in God. Hallelujah. Do you know that supernaturally doors can be open as well? In Acts chapter 16, verse 26 Peter, uh, Paul, and Silas are in prison. They are worshiping. They're having a phenomenal time. The atmosphere that they created in that prison cell brought heaven down to earth. And the Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray to God that there would be an earthquake, a spiritual earthquake, hallelujah. That all the doors would be open, hallelujah. That people would move from one place to another place. That we could transition from wherever we are to the greater, to the bigger, to the better that God has. Hallelujah. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, he says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. You better be aware that when a door is open, you're going to have, it's going to attract demons. It's going to attract people who envy you, who are jealous about you, who will speak about you, who will ridicule you. They'll be praising God with one hand and with the other hand stabbing you in the back. Why? Because a door has been opened for you. Paul said, great and effective door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. Hallelujah. And he prophesies to this woman. And he says, woman, I want you to know, you're standing in a place of transition. About this time next year, you're going to have a son. And lo and behold, the woman has a son. Life goes on. And the son grows up. 
And one day, the son goes out to the fathers, to the reapers, and, uh, and so the Bible says that something happens. How many of you know that the devil will do anything and everything to stop you from reaping the blessings? He goes out into the fields to his fathers to reap. Why? Because he, he, he knew God has called me to reap. We're all reapers in this place. That's why the vision of this church is reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. My purpose is to reap every promise in this book. Your purpose is to reap every promise. Every promise is for you. Every promise is yes and amen. Not just for a few select, for everybody that has the faith to believe God. The Bible says that uh, her miracle was reaping the blessings of God. But listen, the devil came and basically what happened was the child uh, died. The miracle died. And I want to just, I'm not going to go through the whole story. I'm going to wrap this up like right now. But I want you to notice that in this moment of crisis, what this woman does. The first thing that she does is she goes to the room of the prophet because she knows where to access the presence of God. Hallelujah. Come on, people. When you're facing a crisis... It's not, that is not the time to run from God. That's the time to run to God. When you're facing a situation, that's the time to run to the Word, to run to the presence of God. Hallelujah. There are going to be some challenges in this life. If you are purposed and you are intentional about God, working your faith and believing that this year is my year of forward, I'm moving forward in God. Come hello, high water, I'm moving in forward. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care what the economy is saying. I don't care what the government is saying. I'm moving forward in God. When you purpose that in your heart, you're going to meet some resistance. Not everybody's going to say, Yay, I'm so happy for you, Pastor John DeFries. Oh, I'm so happy for you that you're reaping everything that God has for you. There are some people that are not going to be happy. Come on. But you need to realize in a time of crisis... You're running to God. You're running to His presence. Hallelujah. Amen. And in times of trouble, she knows where to go. In times of trouble, she knows who to access and how to access the presence. And she lays the dead boy on Elisha's bed. Now look at what she does. She doesn't even tell her husband what's happening. She tells her husband, have you got a young man and a donkey that I can saddle so that I can run to the man of God. And, and he says, but what's the, what's the deal here? It's not even a Sunday. Why are you going to church? It's not even a Sunday. You're going to that life group. Why are, you, why are you going to shepherd school? Why are you going to band practice? Why are you going to the rehearsal? It's not even a Sunday. And you're going to church. And she says to him, it is all well. Hallelujah. She doesn't even, she doesn't even tell him. I don't even think the husband knew what was going on here. Do you know that there are some discussions that you shouldn't even be involved in? There are some conversations that are just not worth the breath and the energy because it is a distraction that takes you away from the miracle of God. She was focused about what she had to do. I've got to get the presence of God. I'm not going to get involved in discussions. 
that will frighten the Holy Spirit, that will grieve the Holy Spirit, that will quench the... I've got to do everything to invite God, not put Him away. Sometimes our conversations frighten God, if I can put it in that way. There are some things, some people that you don't even have to answer. They're not worth answering. Can I say that again? They're not worth answering. They want to fight with you and get you and push your buttons and get you into a place. It's not worth getting into that fight. Why? Because it's just a distraction. Can I get an amen in this place? There are some of you that have gotten involved in discussions that you ought not to get involved in. It's just the enemy distracting you because why? You're supposed to be reaping your miracle. You're supposed to be working your faith. You're supposed to be getting the... You're supposed to be going from 30 to 40 to 60 to 100. You're supposed to be... You're supposed to be inheriting the... You're supposed to be blessed and highly favored. There's supposed to be provision. There's supposed to be joy in your life. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Those of you that are watching in Phoenix, those of you that are in Hillcrest right now, let me tell you, there are some people that you're not supposed to be talking to. There are some things that shouldn't even be spoken out of your mouth. It's just a tactic for the enemy to get you to sow bad seed and get you to delay what God really has with you. Down in the overflow, I'm talking to you today as well. She doesn't even tell her husband. She tells nobody. She keeps her faith focused and says, what God is saying about her. Everybody she sees, it's all well. Oh, I've got a dead boy. All, all is well. All is well. All is well. All, God is on the throne. It's all well. It's all well. Hallelujah. How's it going? It's all well. Praise God. That's all that was coming out of her mouth. And then she says, she saddled a donkey, verse 24, and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Drive and go forward and do not slacken the place or the pace. Hallelujah. You know what I've discovered? That if you purpose in your heart to move forward, the Holy Ghost will give you the ability to drive through difficulties and hard places. The Holy Spirit. Abraham drove through his dilemma. When he kept on working, not knowing where he was going, but he just kept on going. David drove through his difficulty when he ran towards the giant. Samson drove through his difficulty when he picked up a jawbone of a donkey, and with it he slew a thousand Philistines. Joshua and the Israelites drove through their difficulty when they began to march around the walls of Jericho until those walls came crashing down. This woman could have allowed her problem, her situation, her dead child to stop her from moving in God. Can I say something this morning, family? Don't allow setbacks and hardships to stop you from moving and forward. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, drive and go forward. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at somebody else and tell them, drive and go forward. All you got to do is just keep on moving. If you want to go forward, just keep on moving. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You might not be moving too much, but you're moving just enough. Hallelujah. And that just enough becomes more than enough in the hands of God, and it will take you from where you were to where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. For it means you're gaining new territory. For it means that you're pioneering new, uh, new territory. For it means that you are exploring the unexplorable. There are places that God wants to take you, but you have to move forward. And in order to move forward, you have to sometimes drive and go forward and do not slacken the pace. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Come on, don't slacken the pace. I want to encourage you here. Now is not the time to slacken the pace. You have come too far to give up. You have come too far to take your foot off the gas pedal. If anything, you should be squeezing that pedal down even further and saying, I'm not going to give up. I'm not, I refuse to quit. No, no, I'm not going to back off. No, no, no. In fact, I'm going to be more committed. I'm going to be more involved. Don't let the enemy lie to you. This woman was a rich, notable woman. And the fact that Elisha said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to speak to the king for you? Do you want me to speak to the chief army commander for you? Tells us that she was highly influential. This was a busy woman. Come on, don't let the busyness of what you are doing take you from the business of the kingdom and the work of the kingdom. Now is not the time to slacken. Now is not the time for you to just say, well, you know what, we're just going to take it easy. You can't afford to take it easy. You take it easy, and I tell you, the devil and his brother and the three cousins and the aunts and uncles and even the great-grandfather will come and live in your house and make hell for you. I promise you, I promise you, you give him a fingernail, he'll take your hand. You give him your hand, he'll take your arm. That's how he is. You cannot relinquish. You have to keep moving forward. And as long as you are moving, hallelujah. Sometimes you, sometimes you just have to move by faith. You don't feel like moving, but you'd move nonetheless, hallelujah. You don't feel like praising, but I'm going to praise nonetheless. I don't feel like singing, pastor. Well, just sing anyways, because when you're singing, something in you is moving. Hallelujah. And as long as you are moving, little by little, you are moving forward in God. You are moving forward in the things that, that God has for you. Come on in this place. Bump your neighbor and tell them, keep moving. Look at somebody and tell them, always forward. We're not going back. We're not, moving, we're not moving backwards. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. Can you say amen? amen? Bump your neighbor and tell them, I'm moving forward. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Tell them, I don't know about you. I'm moving forward. Me and my house, we're moving forward. We're moving forward in God. We're moving forward in faith. We're moving forward in the presence. No, no, no. I'm doing everything I can to access the presence of God. Hallelujah. They're in Phoenix right now. They're in Hillcrest, in the overflow. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm moving forward. I don't know about you. I'm moving forward. As for me and my house, we're going to move forward. I don't have to wait for the economy to get better. I don't have to wait for somebody to come and tap me on the shoulder. If it's going to happen, it's going to be me making it happen. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Everybody stand to your feet right now. Let's join hands across the aisle right now. Would you say this after me? Father, I thank you today for your word that has come to me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
I thank you for the spirit of faith. I'm working my faith. And as long as I am moving, I'm going to go forward in God. I'm moving in the things of God. Help me to create an opportunity for your presence, for your glory, for your joy, for your provision. I don't have to wait for a crisis. But in the name of Jesus, I am ready, ready for you to move. I am at a place of a doorway, ready to transition from one realm to another realm, from one circumstance to another circumstance. And I move in that place. I release angels and the supernatural ability of God to open doors, to open doors right now over my life, over my business, over my finances, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Bump your neighbor and tell them, just keep moving. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. You're away from God today. Whatever the circumstances are, you're listening to me. Right there, Phoenix, Hillcrest, in the overflow. You say, man, this sounds good, but you know what? Things aren't so rosy in my life between God and me. I don't know what's happened. Maybe things have happened. And you're falling away. But friend, I want you to know, you can come back to God today, right now, this very moment. That the Holy Spirit is opening a door for you to come through and to come back to God. And the amazing thing is that God will take you just the way that you are. Everybody praying right now in Phoenix, in Hillcrest, in the overflow, up in the balcony, right here on the floor. Everybody just praying right now because an open door of salvation stands before you. An open door of a new day. Because the Bible says, if any man or woman is in Christ, the old has passed away, the new has come. And the beautiful thing is that you can come just as you are. With all of your failures, all of your weaknesses, you can come just as you are to God. Right now, I want to pray for those of you that say, Pastor, I'm ready to come to Jesus. My life's not right. And uh, I heard what you said. And there's an open door for me to come. There's an invite. God knocking on my heart. He's ready to receive you and welcome you right now. You say, would you pray for me? I gladly would do that. Right now, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hands. There in Phoenix. There in Hillcrest. Downstairs in the overflow area. All right? Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. I'm coming. I'm coming right now. I'm coming right now. I'm coming. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? There in Phoenix. There in Hillcrest. In the overflow. All right? God sees those hands right now. I want everybody to pray this prayer wherever you are. Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, all of my sin, 
Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same. I'm walking through the door of salvation. And I give you my heart and my life. Dear Lord Jesus, right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, in Jesus' name.